Hello and welcome to a brand new installment of Nintendo News Report for Friday, December 8th, 2017. I'm your host, Alex Kalafi, joined by a full panel of Nintendo News Report folks. I am joined by Donald Terrio, as always. If you picked up WWE 2K18 on Switch, I suggest delete, delete, delete. <laughs> hey, well, Mokum at Hardy, it's finally here, and I'm so excited about that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the other voice you're hearing is one Mr. Don Koopman filling in this week. Hello, Don. Hello, everybody. Hey, it's uh, always a pleasure. Yeah, no worries. Also joined by the late minute edition of Mr. Justin Baruby. What's up, guys? I'm here. Yeah. Packing the packing the Nintendo Christmas sweater. So, um, yeah, yeah. so, so uh, I'm right afraid I'm going to have to slate. I'm going to have to slay you on the field of battle next week in Splatoon 2, apparently. I guess so. I don't have any Nintendo holiday socks, so. <laughs> for, for the audio folks uh, not watching, Justin has this hoodie on. It's, it's one of those uh, uh, shoelace sort of string hoodies, but it's got like an ugly Christmas sweater, Super Mario Bros. 1 design that I like so much that I'm looking at the website now. Fifth Sun. <laughs> Uh, $37, I'm thinking about it. I yeah, won't do it. Site. It's a good site if you're looking for Nintendo shirts in general, guys. They got a ton of designs that are pretty hard to find, so... Check nice. it we're, out. Not, we're not sponsored, by the way. Nice. Just showing you no. know. Yeah, I'm just saying that as a fan of Nintendo clothing. <laughs> they, they want our massive audience of three to 600 people every week. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe. You know, never know. <laughs> All right, we have a news-packed show, or it's you know what it is. We have like three or four news stories, but they're all super big news stories, and very few of them were actually seriously anticipated before this week. So I'm I'm yeah. pretty excited. I well, we knew the Champions Ballad would be coming out. There had been murmurs of Bayonetta for a long time. We knew something was going to get announced at the Mega Man, but it seems like. Pleasant surprises all around. Um, mm -hmm. I was going to say, my my expectations going into this week were roughly nil, so it's been a pretty good week for news. Yeah, absolutely. Especially for December, guys. I mean, normally it's this is the quiet time. Yeah. Tell tell that to the eShop. 20 games coming out this week. (laughs) No kidding. Um, First story, Zelda wins Game of the Year at the Game Awards. Uh, the Keeleys happened again. It was actually probably the best show, I would say, of any Game Awards show that's ever happened. Like, there was only one kind of embarrassing moment, and it was just the guy from A Way Out who had, like, a little... Joseph Ferris. Joseph Ferris, who had, who had like, Tommy Wiseau but talented moment. Like, yeah, and then somebody promptly went to Wikipedia and changed everything into Tommy Wiseau on the <laughs> A Way Out wiki page. Hmm, <laughs> just... Yeah, that that some there's just some things you can't control. Although, maybe next year if you're going to do an award show, maybe don't hand out nine awards in roughly twenty seconds. Yeah, that sucked. I'm sorry, yeah. but that plainly sucks. Right. I it's not perfect yet. I was talking to Tr Brody uh, about this last night on the Twitter, and he was very critical of it, as as he is known to be. But my feeling on the matter was, it's not perfect. It needs way more awards, and the eBay sponsorship stuff could have chilled a little bit. But for for, for like we get into like Breath of the Wild being game of the year in a bit. But for all the love that Persona Five got this year, I'm not. I'm surprised that, for example, our best RPG wasn't on the main stage it was just simply mentioned yeah especially since near almost was near uh nominated for best rpg yeah yeah the p5 won so no i mean as i honestly think it probably should have but if you have a category with near and persona 5 and you kind of give them an opportunity to both shine games that are fan favorites from this year yeah I, I feel like RPG could have at least gotten a little bit of showtime. It would have been nice to see yeah. representatives from the development team or even Atlas just come on stage uh, and I mean, talk. I mean, with best family game, best handheld game, we all kind of know that was always going to win a Nintendo game because majority of the people of the games in there were Nintendo games. Right. So 
but it's particularly that one that kind of stung out to me as like being a really bad idea. Mm-hmm. It's not as good as it could be, but it's better than it's been before. Is that's true? It, it's been better than last year for sure. Yeah, and I think Jeff Keeley is a really earnest fellow who's really doing his best to balance every uh, sometimes wildly different interest that this industry has. And I think he's doing a better job than anyone else I could think of. And at least this year we didn't have the Schick Hydrobot show up. If that happened, I would have, <laughs> I would, I would have ripped the HDMI cord out of the TV. It's... Hey, 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 Donald. Hashtag push Hydrobot. <laughs> Zelda one game of the year. Uh, to each their own, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Better than Dragon Age Inquisition winning in 2014, I suppose. I mean, yeah, sure, but that you didn't have I, much to offer anyway. I don't even remember what won two years ago. <laughs> yeah, uh, two years. So last year was Overwatch. The year before was was it Metal Gear Solid? Or no, no, uh... no. The Konami thing was over like best graph. Oh, right, it was Witcher Three. Witcher Three. That's a, that's another uh, Breath of the Wild where it's like, I don't know if that's the one I would have picked, but if you're representing the whole industry at once and you have to choose one game, I guess Breath of the Wild is a better choice than PUBG. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I guess it's it doesn't matter. None of this matters. And like the game of the year stuff is, gets unhealthy when we attach our identities too close to it. I, it's just fun sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sure. Maybe maybe that we just have the 2018 awards in 2019, so everything can actually come out first, and then we can. Yeah. What was the cutoff date for the November? Conference? I want to say it was November 23rd. Okay. Yeah. Well, it, it was surprising. I think Xenoblade wasn't the best RPG category, right? Yeah, because it came out after. It would have come out after the cutoff, so it'll be in next year's awards if it if it's if next year isn't as banging for RPGs. Yeah. It's gonna be. <laughs> You could have a uh, Shin Megami Tensei. You probably won't, but you could. Uh, anyways, as with all of these game awards, they were doing their, their world premieres, and Nintendo came out with three. The first one, uh, not... Biggest one is debatable, but obviously the most immediate one is Champion's Ballad got announced on stage. Aonuma pulled out the Master Sword. Mm-hmm. And Shadow dropped the story-based DLC for last night. It came out last night. I played some. Don played all. Justin yeah. played a tiny bit. And it seems like that DLC is almost like if Breath of the Wild had a post-game. Uh, well, it takes more. It, it takes place in the context of the main game already, which I was kind of disappointed about. And I feel that's... <laughs> The story stuff that's in there is kind of underplayed in many ways. Mm. I, I agree with that. Because, uh, once again, I played for all of it, um, but I expected a bit more story stuff, and there wasn't really much there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because didn't they advertise a lot of story? They did. And I can, out of the top of my head, there are like four or five cutscenes in the entirety of that eight-hour campaign. How much of that ends up in the trailer that they showed last night? Oh, a lot of it. A really? lot of it. Yeah, a lot of it. It has an interesting format. I, I I, guess if you're very sensitive to spoiler situations, I guess I'm going to talk about the structure of it. I've only played a couple hours, so I can't speak to all of it. But it seems sure. like the structure is you do some really hard fights at the beginning, then you do four pretty clever shrines, and then you do more shrines and more in-world challenges, and then you do a dungeon, and then you get the motorcycle. Is that is that relatively? Yeah, well, you, you first do the challenges, which are a bit cryptic, so you have to figure f- things out on your own. Yeah. Then you unlock the shrines per free per area, and you have twelve in total in the world. And after that, you go into the, the final defined beast. It's not really classified as one, but it's it's pretty much a dungeon. Okay, and it seems like it's mostly fights and sort of cryptic puzzle solving struck that uses a story to sort of justify its presence rather than the story standing on its own is my impression of what this is. 
Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it seems okay. Yeah, it's it was fine. It was nothing. I expected a bit more. If I'm being honest, I was a bit un- underwhelmed by the end. Um, but at least like the final bit that you do, um, especially towards the end of the dungeon, and I won't spoil it. But that's actually the most interesting part of that entire pack, really. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you, Don, is would you say the dungeon, the final dungeon, is comparable to the other four in the game, or would you say it's better? It's slightly longer. It feels like a labyrinth in many ways. Like you have to really figure things out as you go along. And there's still things to you can manipulate, just like the divine beasts. Um, but there are more intricate puzzle solving in that specific one, which I kinda dug, but it's 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 I don't know. It it feels like another divine beast in many ways. Is it the best of the five? That is yeah, sure. I will give it that. It's, <laughs> it's that, the best that... divine beast. The, it, that's damning with faint praise based on what I understand about the Divine Beast dungeons. Sure. It's the worst part of that game, I would say. And I would say that as someone who's probably the most positive on that game here. The dungeons are the worst part in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I think this is... I, I think there were more puzzle-solving elements that I liked about this one. But it also helps like that many of the shrines that you encounter outside of one, maybe, are really puzzly as well. So you're kind of set up for two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seems like it's hard, the DLC. Well, not necessarily. Breath of the Wild is kind of hard in its own way. It seems challenging, at least in the outset, because <clears throat> you end up getting this weapon that you get. I don't know if it's temporary or it's permanent. It's, it's, it's only just the four, first four um, shrines in the, in the Great Plateau. So after that, you never use it again. Okay, because there's this super cool like trident head that the game gives you, that's basically, it's one hit kill on every enemy you hit, but Mm -hmm. also you die in one hit kill, which seems like an amazing way to play through the entirety of Breath of the Wild. Sadly, you can't. Uh... I mean, we were talking about the difficulty curve, but I think Breath of the Wild is one of those games where it's most difficult in the beginning, and as you go, it gets easier and easier. Yes. Because you you have more resources to work with at that point. Yep. Yeah. I love how hard the early game of Breath of the Wild is. I think Breath of the Wild peaks in its first 10 hours. Um, I agree with that. Yeah. But it's out. You can yeah. play it now. Mm-hmm. It seems it seems good. It seems like it's the superior of the two DLCs. Hey, I, the motorcycle we, is cool. Go, go pick it up. It's basically, your motorcycle goes into the same menu where your amiibo end up in everything. Really? So you can just summon that? Yeah. That's great. Is it fast? Yeah. Sword nice. games on motorcycles. I, 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 <laughs> and, you, and, you, and you stay on it even if you just d- jump off the Great Plateau all the way down, which is which is insane. <laughs> would you Does take it... damage from that, or would no. the motorcycle absorb the blow? Yeah. Because <laughs> okay. I, could, I could easily see you, you, do the ju- you do the big jump off the Great Plateau, you land, Link Bounces, you bounce off the ground, Link pitches forward, and has a forward roll. And All right, can you can you use the uh, hang glider while on the motorcycle? I don't think so. That would no. destroy the frame rate. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't think you can. No, because I just love the glide with like a motorcycle, and then stop, and end up going like down a hill or something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds yeah. great. No, you can't do that. I, th- I think. <laughs> I think Dawn. you're just stuck on the a motor. You can draw your sword, though, I think. Yeah. Does it hurt the frame rate or the pop-in? Uh, not exactly. I had one moment where it, it did kind of result in a lot of pop-in, but for the rest, it didn't even matter. Okay. So it happened just a singular moment. For the rest, I was like, I'm just crossing for I on a motorcycle. I'm not sure what I'm doing anymore. The DLC also comes with horse armor, I want to point out. The, yeah, welcome back to 2006. Yeah, it comes with horse armor. You find it the same way you find all the other costumes and stuff, like the Xenoblade quest you did today, Justin. Yes, that's a, that's what I did today. Yeah, yeah. you, you kind of have a couple cryptic clues. One of the pieces is very easy to find. One of the pieces is kind of a pain in the butt to find. Hmm. And it feels like... And what it does is, one, it makes your horse faster, or it gives, or it, gives it more 
power. Uh, well, the more thing, <laughs> the more the majority, of, the most important thing that it does is that you can summon Teleport. your horse, summon your horse everywhere. So, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is kind of useless once you have the bike, so... That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, maybe that should have been in the first DLC pack. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> the way this fits into the post-game, part of me wonders... I don't think Nintendo is a company that's about sort of taking content out of the main game, but part of me wonders if some of this content was originally sort of intended for the main game, and then just sort of pushed out to the DLC. The part I'm thinking about specifically is the Heroes Trail, mm -hmm. the one where it basically follows a line around you on the map. I didn't own the season pass at all. I basically had a semi-unupdated copy of Breath of the Wild for seven or eight months, and I bought the DLC right. last night, uh, excited by the announcement. Okay. And then I sort of update everything today, and the game's tracked my walking data this whole time. And I'm wondering if this was a feature that they just turned on, but you had to pay for. Uh, I think it just recognized your like your last two hundred somewhat hours of your game. Okay. Yeah. It's just an interesting thing. Yeah. But it's cool that it came out last night. And sure. Yeah. If you love Breath of the Wild, I, I know Justin and Don are not necessarily indicative of the biggest Breath of the Wild fans, and, and quite <laughs> frankly, like. I'm not necessarily either, but if you love Breath of the Wild, this is more Breath of the Wild, so good on you. I've got one more question for Don about it real quick. <laughs> sure, yeah, go, go for ahead. It. Is there anything you get that makes it easier to track down those Korok seeds other than that almost useless Korok mask? No. That's terrible. All right. Ugh. Monsters over there. 27. The Korok seeds plainly suck. <laughs> Worst Zelda quest. <laughs> yeah, of course they are. 2017 is a game of some it, it's excuse me 2017 is a year of some really amazing really bloated games like every single thing that could be my quote-unquote game of the year or favorite game of the year it's like man almost everything about this is amazing except there's too much content and most <laughs> of the content gets in the way of the rest of the game and it really takes away from the enjoyment like Mario Odyssey, I had an amazing, wonderful time with, except there's too many moons and too many of them aren't great. Uh, I didn't care. I just played through all the moons in like a week. Yeah, yeah it didn't me bother too. me that much because it wasn't that long, even with all those moons. 55 hours is a bit of time. Not compared to what Zelda demands, in my opinion. <laughs> hey, and at least every quest in Mario is fun, except on some quests in Zelda. Yeah, I agree <laughs> with that. Yeah. <laughs> I. I would say a good 60% of the Mario quests are fun. 40% of them are kind of just going down a list of tasks. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care. I don't yeah. care. It was a good time. Yeah, I, I think it still might be my favorite game that I played this year, but I almost wish that there were like two or 300 fewer moons and they were more focused. But maybe nah, I, Really, I don't care. It's just a yeah. good time. All right. I'm All done right. on that one. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. But I thought Zelda, Persona 5, and Nier had a bit of that problem um, all all around. But I agree with Nier, for sure, yeah. I, I like the five endings thing. It's the side quest, and it's the combat not being as good as the rest of the game. Hmm. And it's, it's, it's some of that stuff. I don't know. Sure, yeah. There will be time to talk Game of the Year in January, which is when... I feel like everyone should do Game of the Year, but, you know. I agree. <laughs> Other things were announced during the Game Awards. Reggie came out on stage, and he was like, hey, we got something cool for you. And then the moon came out, and then it turns out Bayonetta 1 and 2 are releasing in February. 2 is releasing on a cartridge, and 1 comes as a download, or you can get both as downloads. It has a similar sort of pricing scheme where if you get one, the other one's cheaper. Mm-hmm. But yeah, right. yeah, the only problem is much like the I believe much like the first the the games on Wii U, um, these are hideously hideously big in Switch terms, like probably sixteen gigs, roughly mm -hmm. each of them. So um, bust out the micro SD cards. Yeah. yeah, I'm surprised that they didn't fit it on the 32 GB game card because both of them would have fit on the same game card. I think. 
might be higher quality assets this time that they're using. Maybe. Yeah. But yeah. I think they also, I, I know that like at this point in the year, it'd be too late, but it would be nice if they would get the greatest Christmas game ever out for Christmas. But eh, February's fine too. <laughs> Donald, did you see that tweet too, where someone makes the case uh, that it was, it was. Die Hard called? joke. Die Hard is a, Christmas, is a Christmas movie. Woke. Bayonetta 2 is a Christmas game. And it totally is. <laughs> it is. It is. It is a Christmas game in the exact same way. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Sure. But Bayonetta 1 and 2 releasing for $60 in the U.S. It's in the same sort of format. February 16th. So now we know what Nintendo's putting out in the very, very early part of the year. At least and we, we know and one we, thing. And Europe is getting a special edition. Everyone but America is getting a special edition. Maybe the special edition will come to America, but only to the first 30 people, Nintendo New York. Well, don't forget, this time you can import the special edition from Europe if, or Japan. I mean, it's, it's true, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I might do that just because me and Amazon Canada are kind of having several loud disagreements right now. <laughs> My favorite part was when Re- when the trailer ended and, and Jeff was like, oh, thanks, Reggie. And Reggie's like, but wait, I have one more thing. You didn't think I was going to come on stage and announce this and that'd be it, would you? At which point I thought, actually, no, Reggie, that's exactly what you would do because you there was just fanfare announcing Zelda DLC. You absolutely would come on stage just to announce Bayonetta 1 and 2. And that wasn't it. Reggie, because Reggie's history includes Cranky Kong. Yeah, I was about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that also a Game Awards type thing? It was a spike. It was, it was, a, it was the VGAs that owned the only online thing. Not even on the on the spike. But yeah, Reggie would absolutely do this. But he was like, no, we got one more thing. And then very evocative of the original Bayonetta 2 trailer. There was a Bayonetta 3 now in development trailer announced with what hey. looked like... Times New Roman. Yeah, hey, it's see you in 2019. So what trailer was better, Bayonetta 3 or Metroid Prime 4? Bayonetta 3. Uh, Bayonetta 3 that actually showed some (laughs) cinematic details. Not a logo that just zooms in (laughs) or zooms out. It's space. Yeah, Bayonetta Bayonetta wins for that one. And hey, 2019 is the 10th anniversary of Bayonetta, so there you go. Sure, it makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Cherry Goblin, after the cancellation of Scalebound, I'm guessing Platinum decided to make Bayonetta 3. I At first, I was going to be like, no, that's crazy. But then I was like, actually, if Scalebound got canceled early in the year, and if it was kind of not going well in the first place. To be fair, the only two companies that Platinum Games didn't screw over are Square Enix and uh, Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think Nintendo was necessarily dogging them, but I do know that Platinum's been talking about a Bayonetta 3 basically since Bayonetta 2 came out. I mean, they weren't working on it, but they were talking about it forever. Sure. They, I think they teased it in the context of, oh, here's a language thing. You can learn how to count to three in English. It's like, <laughs> really? Are you going there? They but, also yeah. posted that Twitter image that showed Bayonetta 1 and 2, but with like the sort of Switch Joy-Con neon Joy-Con sort of aesthetic yeah. to it. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if that also means that we're getting Wonderful 101 at some point. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> what did they post a similar image with with Nintendo Switch imagery for Wonderful 101? Okay. I, I think it could happen. Uh, anything could happen, really. I think with a lot of those Wii U games, because Wii U didn't do well, so they might just be like, hey, if we can quickly turn hey. a port around, it could just be another chance to actually make some more money off these games. Pre-order bonus for Bayonetta 3, wonderful 101 for Switch. Wouldn't it be funny if like the majority of Wii U games come over and the entire history of the Wii U is sort of buried in, yeah, all of the great games came over to Switch anyway, see you later. <laughs> That's kind of what I think is going to happen. I was thinking about that today. <laughs> so it would not surprise me at all to see most of the great Wii U games be on Switch by the yeah. end of its lifetime. Yeah, cough, cough. PlayStation Vita. Exactly what happened to the PlayStation Vita. Come on, Tokyo Mirage Sessions. <laughs> it's Tokyo Mirage Sessions has got to happen. I'm I'm giving that a seventy percent chance. Alex's hot takes. Seventy percent. I give it a seventy-five. Okay, I accept that. A seventy, like it seems very likely in a world where Bayonetta comes over. And Nintendo is, is definitely going to have a hand in 
that happening. Tokyo Mirage Sessions makes a lot of sense, especially since they got a Fire Emblem game probably coming late next year. Mm-hmm. It, it just it just seems like it it's it lines up very nicely. But I think it's cool. Bayonetta One was a good game, at least in the context of me playing it in 2017 by 2017 standards for the first time. Yeah. Bayonetta Two was awesome. It is, yeah. Bayonetta Two, 2014 game of the year. Good to see it get a second lease on life. Yeah. Sure. Bayonetta 3 is... I, I have... Platinum, when Platinum is trying, is a very earnest studio that is worth putting your faith in. And I think they try on Bayonetta. And and it seems like Hideki Kamiya is heavily implying, in between blocking people on Twitter, that he's involved in this game. Good. Very good. Man, people keep retweeting him, but he blocked me, so... <laughs> <laughs> Although... The one he directed, I would argue, is the weaker of the Bayonetta games. Uh, sure. I don't know. I, I, mean, I mean, Kamiya still supervised it a little bit, so he's yeah. been he's been involved. Right. He does have a hand in production. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Mega Man 11. Thought this was going to be top story. But <laughs> third excited. feeling. Me too. Me too, Justin. I'm a huge Mega Man fan. Yeah, yeah. But hey, where is Smarty Number Nine for 3DS and PlayStation Vita? <laughs> well, after the after it's still being tested, but the frame rate's too slow for the anybody testing it to get through the game. <laughs> and then and then Mega Man Eleven comes out, and well, I'm not going to repeat the at line from the trailer here, but let's just say it made KG Nifune look even worse. I I think that's very egregious. I mean, it's also true that just 19 Mega Man games are coming to Nintendo Switch now, which... No, it's eight, it's 18 and a lost Looney Tunes cartoon. Right. <laughs> is, that, is that Mega Man 8? Yes. <laughs> because I'm sorry, Dr. White should not sound like Elma Fudd. That, that is well, my least favorite fair. of the classic series that I've, I've played through all 10 of those. To be fair, there are 17 and two Mitch just... Uh, Fire Trashes, because also Mega Man X8. I haven't played uh, X7 or X8 because I've never been on a Nintendo platform before, so I'm looking forward to seeing how bad that series got. (laughs) Yeah. So, Mega Man 11's coming late next year. Legacy 1 and 2 are coming to the Switch uh, next year at some point, which is Mega Man 1 through 10. And then Mega Man X1 through X8 are coming next year also, although we don't know if it's going to be in the form of a collection or if they're going to be sold piecemeal. Obviously, they, they, they're being sold piecemeal, what, what the text at least implied. Yeah, my, my concern is I'm wondering what version of X3 is going to be released because I prefer the Super Nintendo version over the other versions. Hmm. I don't like the music, how they remixed them. In a... did, did those versions of X3 come out in the West? I don't think they did. Uh, oh. it's on the Mega Man collection, I think. That's on GameCube. You can, yeah. I, think, I think you can. Yeah, they are on the Mega Man collection. That's on GameCube. Okay, the the X collection. Yeah, I, yeah, the be, the better of the two Mega Man collections on GameCube because at least in this one the controls aren't flipped. Yeah, you can switch it to whatever you want, I believe. Huh. Well, yeah. all, all the all the X games had adjustable controls anyway. But the the person who decided in the Mega Man Legacy Collection for GameCube that B was to be jump and A was shoot, slap yourself. Also, a legend. <laughs> <laughs> I played Mega Man for the first time. Well, playing to win, I guess. I played Mega Man for the first time on the 1 through 6 collection that came out. I played it on the 3DS last year, I think. Yeah. And I loved it. I loved most of them. I didn't like 4 and 5 that much, but I, I loved 1, I loved well, 2, loved 3, loved 6. You have to be concerned with 5 on the 3DS if that's where you play. Is that where you play it, 3DS? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the Mega Man 5 in the collection on 3DS, the American version of that game has frame rate issues, but if you switch it to the Japanese version, it runs smooth, smoothly huh. the way it should. Huh. So That's interesting. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, but I, I thought it was awesome. And I have, uh, from the Amazon sort of Prime Day price errors, I got Mega Man Legacy Collection 2 on PS4 for like 6 bucks, which included... Oh. Uh, seven, eight, nine, ten. Despite Donald's warnings, I am probably gonna play all of them. Oh, 
It's because, like, I already got through six. Now I need to get through the rest. And, and like, I got to hate it just alongside you guys. But, but, yeah. Okay, but what, once you play that, we'll, I will send you a tweet saying my condolences. <laughs> you can find a way to do it, Alex. You should also try uh, Mega Man and Base because that's, like, uh, Mega Man 8.5. It came out on Super Nintendo after the PlayStation Mega Man 8 game came out. Really? Yes. Hmm. That, that's the one they should put on there is Mega Man 8. Yeah. Because at least the <laughs> <laughs> it it is weird that they didn't put uh, even the GBA version of Mega Man and Bass because as far as I'm concerned that's a legitimate game in the original Mega Man series yeah it is to me yeah. and I think when you beat Mega Man 9 or 10 it shows like an image of all the previous times Wily's been defeated and I think one of the images is from that game mm. 11 had I think when I saw Eleven for the first time, and I think when we all saw Eleven for the first time, there's a small part of you that's like, "Ooh, what's that?" Not not and like makes you wince, but almost like you looked at the sun, not because it was necessarily bad, just because it was so different and modern. And when things look like that, it usually means it's a bad game. But then you listen to the people developing the game actually talk about it, because uh, Game Informer has a lot of excellent videos on the game, and. It seems like they're making it with a super earnest approach. It seems like they really care about what they're doing. And it seems like the the art style that does look semi-Mighty Number no. 9-ish, but if not modernized Mega Man, it seemed like their thought process was, listen, we already did the classic look for 9 and 10. This is a combination of people who've worked on old Mega Man games and people who have uh, who've always wanted to work at Mega Man, who've always wanted to work on Mega Man games and worked at Capcom, and then new young developers who've never uh, worked on games of this scale before, hmm. and they wanted every aspect of the game to represent their team. It seems like, and the art style, which is classically inspired but modern, sort of approaches their goal of being a true Mega Man title for a modern audience. Yeah, I mean, the art style, I was a little disappointed at first because I would have loved to have another retro one. I would have been fine if the series continued being 8-bit style. Till I'm, I'm, surprised, I'm surprised that it didn't do go for a 16-bit style for one. Well, I think the problem with the 16-bit classic games is the sprites took up too much of the screen and that negatively mm. affected the action overall. But uh, yeah, the new style, I'm not sure if I like it or not yet. Uh, it does kind of look like Mighty Number no. 9 in some ways, which... Is not it, a look, good thing. It, looks, it looks at least sharper than Mighty Number no. Nine. Yeah, yeah. If you remember the face model of Beck, that was hilarious. Oh yeah, yeah. It's. It, I'm not saying it. It's like a better looking Mighty Number no. Nine. Let's put it that way. But then Which could be cool. I mean, yeah, it, yeah, it could be all right. I'm willing to give it a chance. But Mega Man looks like thinner and a little taller. Mm -hmm. Some of the artwork I've seen, which I don't know if I like that. And I, I know I, I don't like how Mega Man and some people. This, this is like such a minor detail. I don't like how Mega Man gets part of the boss costume on him when he switches weapons yeah, i i think that's just a just an artifact of the fact the series is going into hd for the first time because even like nine and ten were presented four by three on ps3 and 360 even so yeah. they they so if he seems a little bit more gangly it's probably just because of that and now they have the bandwidth that they can do the wear the parts on the skin thing although that that sounds really creepy the way i said that yeah, and the other thing that concerned me in the trailer, and I hope you can shut this off, is every time Mega Man fired a charge blast, he'd like let out a screech or like a yell of some sort. And I just feel like that sound effect is going to get old really fast. Hmm. I think there's a lot that you're going to figure out in context of actually playing it. <laughs> I mean, they're going to have a lot of people play testing the game. Oh, yeah. Capcom. It's can... Yeah, <laughs> it's it's 30th. I, I think I think Capcom cares a lot about this. I think Capcom sees how much people care about Mega Man, and I and I think and, and I think Capcom has also seen Mighty Number no. Nine. <laughs> yeah, they have an opportunity here. I mean, that's why they're putting it out on every platform is because they see an opportunity to get a lot of goodwill. It's probably something that they can make cheaper than Monster Hunter World and Resident Evil Seven and uh, like all these other AAA games that are coming out. Although it seems like Capcom's been working on on lower budget games uh, lately, but that's that's beside the point. I think yeah. Ultra Street Fighter Two. <laughs> yeah, Marvel versus Capcom Infinite with just recycling old assets from previous games. And yet, if you look at some of the other stuff Capcom does, 
even if you look at even if you if you ignore just for a second how ridiculous the collector's edition for marvel vs. capcom infinite was <laughs> and everything about that game take something like resident evil 7 take something sure. like monster hunter world which we don't know how it is yet i guess we'll have a feeling tomorrow when we're actually able to play the beta take uh mega man 11 actually looking like they care if not it'll potentially be good Mm-hmm. I, I think Capcom's trying again in a way that Konami thinks it is with Metal Gear Survive, but isn't. Like <laughs> I, I think I think Capcom's trying to not be like Konami and not be like EA and not be like uh like bad Ubisoft, because now Ubisoft has good Ubisoft and bad Ubisoft. I think Capcom's hey. trying to come back. I mean, Capcom is basically the Japanese version of Ubisoft. Yeah. yeah, they're at this point they're just trying to avoid getting bought out by Tencent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I actually, then again, that would make them the Japanese Ubisoft because Ubi's trying to avoid getting bought out by Vivendi. Yeah. But although although they they seem to have let up on that now. Hmm. Yeah, it seems like Ubisoft won that battle. Uh, it, yeah, it, it seems like they become a better company out of it too. Look at all these like goodwill games that are happening between uh mario versus rabbids or mario plus rabbids and then there's this pc game that came out which seems like it's some electric symphony which seems awesome from the grow home team plus and beyond good and evil, yeah, evil 2 yeah which they had a stream for yesterday still no word on what platforms that's coming out on yeah hey, probably the next ones <laughs> hey don't don't worry about it yet starlink aka no no man skylanders is still coming <laughs> <laughs> wait wait what is do the retailers want it <laughs> what is Starlink again? That's uh, the, that's the yeah, sci-fi shooter game they showed at E3 where you can uh, attach parts to the controllers. Yes, you can. Oh, I see. I see. I uh, I just, just before we move into the closing bits of the show, I wanted to talk about something from Game Informer that I read. It's 11 new things we learned while playing Mega Man 11. And this is this is like kind of like impressions, but it's uh, it sort of tells us a little bit about the game. It is a sort of pick eight. You will be choosing Robot Masters this time. It seems like it will be classic Mega Man action. So it's it seems like from their impressions, it will have the gameplay of Mega Man. Let's see a worthy challenge. The original Mega Man games offered a challenge that was in line with games of the NES era. As this industry's trends of a ama- emer- have changed. Mega Man games have retained their classic challenge. Mega Man 11 doesn't break this trend. Thankfully, the action also feels fair. We died several times during a few sections, but we overcame even the trickiest platforming sections with a little practice, which to me, that's the part I actually wanted to talk about because they also, their next point is about it being a challenge for everyone. Hmm. This is going to be full Donkey Kong Country Returns, where it's like, if it probably won't be the hardest game in the world if you grew up on like super classic games, but if you like a decent challenging modern platformer it'll it'll feel pretty good is is my guess and yeah. i know i know with mega man 9 i still have trouble beating even one boss in that game with the mega buster to start the 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 cycle <laughs> so i think we're aiming more toward that than 10 yeah there there's also going to be a new big mechanic it seems like game changing it's called which i'm guessing is whatever the so it's the gear that's under mega man's health bar but i also think it's probably in reference to whatever mega blast he did uh, at the end of the trailer that they Mm -hmm. showed off i'm guessing that's what that is and i'm guessing that's going to be some screen clearing move because it's they say it's going to be about helping balance the difficulty so i'm guessing it's going to be a screen clearing thing like very x like yeah 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 anyways Last couple things, Donald, uh, we were just, there were so many games that released this week. I, I just want us to touch on a few notes. Uh, Nine Parchments has save issues, Donald. Yes, um, the developers have said they are going to patch this. Uh, it's from the, tri- Nine Parchments is the uh, the third person looter from the Trine team that's more magic focused. There is one big problem in the game currently. That is that it only has one save file. So if you're, say, three quarters of the way through the single player and you decide, I'm going to go play online, it deletes that save file. Mm-hmm. They are, mm-hmm. again, they have they have said that this is something they're working on and should be fixed probably next month. So yeah. buyer, buyer beware on that one. 
Yeah, it's still a really fun game. I uh, really enjoyed how you combine different magic spells with just sort of action moving across the field. It's uh, it's a really fun game, but uh, yeah, it's a bit annoying that they are that saving causes this many issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zippo asks, "Do you guys believe the January Direct is real?" Yes. I wouldn't before, but I do because of the fee marketing materials from EA that leaked I, uh, a January Direct. So yeah, I believe does one. So, I I believe it now just because um, this seems like like these seem like things that could have headlined a direct, and they use them on the game awards, like Zelda and Bayonetta. Mm-hmm. I, I think so. Hey, what was also interesting is that if you look at the complete marketing material for EA and you looked at the No Way Out section, there are two things in particular <laughs> that's very interesting. The trailer that was, shown, that was shown during the Game Awards has the same name as the marketing materials. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the second thing, it states somewhere that Joseph Ferris is a very controversial figure. <laughs> they were right. <laughs> he had, didn't, he, didn't he flip off the Oscars? <laughs> yeah, he, yep. he, 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 fl- he flipped off middle of the screen saying, Screw all this. Uh. Yeah, he was like, F the Oscars, F you Oscars. And then he was like, Oh, I'm sorry. And then Jeff Keeley's like, Oh, it's okay. Like, looking slightly embarrassed. And he's like, Can I swear? And, and then Jeff Keeley, just looking to be hospitable, he's like, Yeah. And then he just starts swearing way more. And then uh, he's like, And then he's like, So I know, like, everyone's hating on EA because of that loot box shit. My microtransaction thing, he said. <laughs> yeah, that microtransaction words. stuff. But EA's been really good to me, and I'm, and like it just makes you go, <laughs> this is not what EA wants to hear right now. <laughs> yeah, they also don't want to hear how Battlefront sold in November. It sold poorly. Hmm. Bird One asks, "Do you think Soul Calibur will come to Switch?" Yes, because uh. the same the same Reddit post that leaked Soul Calibur Six also said that there would be a January Direct, which happened before the EA marketing materials leaked, if I remember correctly. And they also said that that's when they're going to announce the Switch version of Soul Calibur. They also said that there's a chance that there's going to be a Fire Emblem character and Link coming back, which I I have doubts of. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Anything else to add? Uh, I do have something to report on, I guess, kind of. Uh. Rumors are going around. I saw people talking about this on Reddit and whatnot, but the uh, D-pad on the Switch Pro Controller is different on the Xenoblade Switch I, Pro I do have that, and I... Justin, of the there, the two people that I know that have most complained about that D-pad are you and somebody at my Street Pass group. We have a meet tomorrow. I'm going to have them tested on things like Puyo now, Puyo Tetris. I mean, now, I'm having it right here, so... Yeah, it's not perfect. It still has problems, but it rocks more than the original one that it's more mushy so i'd prefer i prefer the xenoblade one over that yeah don check it out if you can if you have one yeah, line uh, yeah i have another one line hold on one second yeah but yeah that's what i've known I've, people talked about it and i was feeling it and it feels like a standard pro controller is more mushy in the d-pad it kind of sinks in but you can feel more of a rocking through the centerpiece on the xenoblade controller uh, in other news, floor yeah. kids. Yeah, you can definitely feel a bit more of a rock. Cool. It's better, it seems like. I, it's yeah. not perfect in my testing, but it definitely performed better. This than... rocks more, yeah, for sure. Okay. Okay. Someone asked about floor kids in the chat. Uh, it seems like it's okay. I was talking to Neil about it. He likes it a lot. It sounds like it might be a little short. And it takes a little while to open up fully, but it's like maybe a little more than two dozen songs. And it seems like the gameplay is great. And it seems like the art style is fantastic, which we knew already. But look forward to a review from Neil on Nintendo World Report this weekend. Yes. And we also have impressions for pretty much every game that we've that came out this week. We have a mass impressions post for for everyone we could get our hands on, basically. Yep. 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 Lastly, Don, yes. tell me about this WWE. WWE. Oh, you want to know about the actual video game? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> WWE 2K18 is a hot mess. On and Switch, I, at least. 
uh, well, well, it was a hot mess already on other consoles, but it's a bigger hot mess here. Uh, outside of one versus one wrestle matches, everything else has game breaking slowdown. Um, it's also really buggy, like audio clips suffer cut out altogether. Um, wrestlers get stuck on the ring post for no reason. Um, <laughs> uh, the entrances, like the animations, run slower than the actual music. So you see a wrestler only halfway down with his entrance. And the audio is still ongoing. Uh, another thing is that, like, everything across the board seems really badly ported, and they try to hide it in some really dumb ways. Uh, for example, uh, the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One version has a mode where you have like eight wrestlers in the same wrestling ring. They just removed that mode altogether in the Switch version. Huh. That's weird. But that doesn't even save it because even like five wrestler or four wrestler matches, like ladder matches or what have you, all run so incredibly badly that it's almost insane. And it's not even a great game when it runs perfectly. It sounds like it, it, this, like it. Looking at the like the the best part of any WWE game now is the creative story modes and the glitch videos. And the glitch videos this year for the PS4 and Xbox One versions of 2K18 were particularly epic. So now let's make it run even slower. And worse. And they they delayed this game a month and a half, by the way, to try and get this thing to run the way Yeah, and also you also have to realize I got a cartridge version. This one right here. Mm -hmm. This is the the thing that uh, the publisher sent me. On the top here, you see the little white strip that informs you that you have to download 25 gigs of, of data Ugh. before you can start this video game. Um, and these 25 gigs of data, totally useless. Absolutely useless. <laughs> really? That's too bad. That's... Yeah. <laughs> Just give Hashtag. us a new no mercy. Somebody do it. Fire, fire, fire Pro, please save us. But yeah. save us from the hashtag two quality. At, at the very least, the Suda fifty, the Suda fifty one Fire Pro Wrestling game, I will take. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, a hard avoid, and I don't say that very lightly. I don't usually say completely avoid it, but this is one of those instances where, even if you can find find some good into the really bad, like the one versus one matches. It's still not a fun game. It never is. Mm. So I this w- is the room. What? Huh. This, would you prefer uh, this game or Vroom? Wow. Uh, <laughs> this is a game on a cartridge we have to, which you have to download 25 gigs of additional data for. It, isn't it like, like... Vroom, Vroom is, is 100 MB and you can delete it after after the fact. Yeah, and also this room was what twenty bucks. This is sixty. It's sixty-five. Room, room was ten. Room was ten, I think. Okay. Yeah. So, grading on a curve, yeah. but hey, at least this comes with current angle DLC. <laughs> it's, it's a great DLC, Don. <laughs> yeah. How many games? You want is a gold that? I, I think it's like three hundred MB on top of the entirety of the game, something like that. I'm impressed they were able to c- com- combine all those injuries into just 300 megs. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think that, that's a fine time for us to end our show. <sighs> Thank you so much for listening to the latest installment of Nintendo News Report. Be sure to check out NintendoWorldReport.com. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes at Nintendo News Report uh, for episode 57. I just put up our segment with Cerebi. Donald, I, and Cerebi uh, talked to talked about Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon for an hour. We had a good time. Listen to that. This one's also going to be up on iTunes, so follow us on iTunes and Google Play. Follow Nintendon on Twitter at Nintendon N I N T N D A A N. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and on YouTube, one of the most prolific Nintendo YouTubers, Nintendo on YouTube. 
Well, well, it's officially. I should. I just want to type it with YouTube.com. It's just forward slash Nintendo One. So Nintendo One. Okay. Yes. Got it. And thank you so much for joining us, Don. It's always a pleasure to hear your expertise. No worries. I'm just. I'm just sad about the Game Awards that uh, that Kojima didn't didn't do a heel turn on Jeff Keighley. Ooh. But but that Death Stranding was so good. The eight minutes where Norman Reedus had a baby in his chest, Daryl from The Walking Dead. Uh, I would have preferred a heel turn. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Justin Brewery, King yep. Nintendo fan on Twitter. Yep. At K-I-N-G Nintendo F-A-N Yes. You, you do, do you also have an active YouTube that I can plug? I can plug my YouTube. I haven't updated it in a while, but it might be something I get back to soon. So, Also, King Nintendo Fan, or is that one King Nintendo Fan Boy? Nintendo Fan Boy. Twitter didn't give me enough space to put the Fan Boy. So okay. I had to cut okay. it off. All right. And then you can also follow uh, Mr. Donald Terrio at Donald Mick, D-O-N-A-L-D-M-I-C-K. Also listen to No Free Time Radio. That is at NFR Podcast. That's also available on Double shot coming this weekend, including our including our own telethon segment on Terra Nigma. Very nice, very very nice. And then you can follow me at Kulafia C U L A F I A. That is our show. Have a wonderful night. Bye bye. Later. <laughs>